Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres Live Overtime. Not the podcast, the reality of the Sabres on Saturday night in New York going to overtime, which is a rare thing. Buffalo has not gone there very often this year. They unfortunately have the lowest winning percentage when going beyond regulation time this year. And yet, Marty, they were that close to perhaps having everybody feel significantly better if they had rattled off two straight wins prior to the three-day Christmas break. Alas, they did get a point, and they are faced with a task, dare I say, of needing to go 30, 16, and 1 the rest of the way to make the playoffs. Would you like to counter that? Well, I said 32, 14, and 1, because I think it's going to take more than 93 to get in the playoffs. But still, it's about the same thing. So you need to go better than 2 out of 3, right? That's basically what it is. Just a hair better than 2 out of 3. Just a hair better than 2 out of 3. You got to win 2 out of 3 for the rest of the year. Is that the best way to look at things? 2 out of 3, 2 out of 3, 2 out of 3. As opposed to saying, they got to at some point win 12 in a row. I, I think it's a lot. It's a lot more manageable if you say win two out of three, win two out of three. But when you win two out of three, that means you got to win four out of six. And four out of six, you got to go into six out of nine. And six out of nine is, you know, you got to get a better than a 600 winning point percentage for the rest of the year, right? So that's that's 650 you probably need for the rest of the year. That's high. That's really high. So I think I'd like to keep it small and say two out of three is probably the best way to look at it. Um, But again, like, okay, so they go into New York, they lose in overtime. They have the middle stat breakaway in overtime. They have the Alex Duck chance right after on the rebound in overtime. And look, if they win, it's great. You know why? Because it gives you that feeling, oh, a second two-game win streak for the season. It's been a long time since they've won two in a row. Let's try to get it going. And now maybe that two-game winning streak turns into four, six, eight, whatever. And then you can get going. Now you lose in OT and you're thinking, man, like this is this is a game where you battle back. You were down in the game 2-0. You're able to put it back to 2-2, down 3-2, back to 3-3. Like you fought back. It, it would have been such a better feeling walking out of New York with a win 
Obviously, it always is, but it would have been a much better feeling if you would have found a way to get that extra goal in New York against the Rangers for a second time this year because they beat the Rangers earlier in that building. So what happened? Why did they not get the win, in your opinion? Yes, you've documented the trailing, but it's also about opportunity. It took a long, long, long time before they were afforded a power play opportunity. Yes. Some might consider it an early Christmas present to get <laughs> that first opportunity with 251 remaining in the game. I look at it and I think, okay, you had Alex Tuck shorthanded breakaway and he yeah. tried a five hole. There was seven minutes left in the game and you're thinking, okay, you're rolling now. You get a power play. Yeah. This is all you, like playing a full 60 minutes. I hate that phrase. Oh, we played a full 60. Don't give me that crap. Nobody plays every single minute the way they want to play. There's there's ups and downs in the games, right? Is it okay? Full sixty, or he'd like to have that one back. This or that? What's worse? I'd like to have that one back uh, because <laughs> you have to uh, try to play a full sixty, and I think the full sixty is uh, better for me accepted than saying, "Oh, he'd like to have that one back." No crap. I'd like to have every single one of the. 1500 goals I gave up in my career back, right? Like that's just the way it is. But um but you can win a game by having a fantastic 7 minutes of a of a game. Having a fantastic 20 minutes, having a fantastic 10. Like you're even back and forth for, you know, 53 minutes and then boom, you have a fantastic 7 minutes. You have an Alex Tuck shorthanded goal, you get yourself going the end of the third period after, you know, Middlestad had scored um, you know, what was that with about 13 minutes left in the game? Like you, 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 you got yourself going and then you get a power play. And we've talked about the power play uh, often now, how, you know, they moved Tage to the right side. Now he's back to the left side, taking the one-timer, finally scored a one-timer goal. And they never really got anything going on that power play. So again, it just creates that down feeling, right? Because all that negative, these negative memories of, what has been holding the Sabres back this year kind of comes back to you. Oh, the power play didn't come through at the end of the third period. Oh, um, you know, over time, I felt like Lukanen chased way, way out of his net and opened the door for Zibanejad and Kreider to be able to connect. So now you're, Lukanen was good in the game. He was good in the game, but now your, your natural instinct and natural response is to go, well, there you go again. Like you chase the game, you give up a goal. There you go again. You had a power play late in the game. You didn't score. You lose the game. There you go again. You were down 2 nothing early in the first. And again, the first period woes, right? Like it's just there you go again comes back and you had a chance to flip that switch with a power play or a strong OT and it didn't happen. Well, I guess there's there's always many ways to to look at every situation that became uh, problematic, I suppose, in preventing them from victory. Um, one of them was the the easiest possible storyline going into the game was beware the Rangers special teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Buffalo wins the game at five on five, three to two on Saturday. But they allowed a power play goal against, yeah. and they allowed a three-on-three. Three. And by the way, the Rangers are a perfect 4-0 and in overtime this year. Games decided in overtime, and they're a perfect 5-0 and when playing the second of back-to-back games. And oh yeah, they're amazing at one-goal games, and oh yeah, they're the best in the NHL in winning percentage. So yeah, like we get it. They're really good, 
but they're this close here. The Sabres to handing the Rangers a second consecutive loss on home ice heading into the break. And it's, it's frustrating for me. And not that this doesn't happen, you know, through the course of a game. It's just, they were given one opportunity on the power play. Yes. They didn't even get the full power play because all of their top players had a turnover or a poor decision within the first 70 seconds of that power play. And it was compounded by two straight turnovers by Darlene, the latter of which was a neutral zone play that just went right to the Rangers. And then that forced him to scramble over to his left and he gets called for a penalty. Now, in defense of Darlene, it was a brutal oversell job by Zabanajad, <laughs> who faked like he got almost high stuck. That was that was the knee jerkiness, if you will, of the reaction when he got barely glanced on the hand. Yeah. So after everything that had happened, I'm like, okay, this is awful. If there was a redeeming moment, it was how the Sabres navigated the end of regulation yeah, and how they navigated the start of overtime. The blocked shots by Clifton and Samuelson, which were off the charts heroic in the Mm -hmm. overtime, both of them combined for 14 blocks. So here we are, like every game you can talk about, there's going to be mistakes. There's hopefully going to be moments of redemption. It's just maddening that they couldn't take those redemptive opportunities and turn it into two points. I don't know how they're going to get there based on the fact that we keep seeing them come up just a little bit shy well, in these attempts to win two games in a row. Sorry for the you, ramble there, but that was just kind of the, no, you know, that was the Sabres in 60 seconds version of like all the stuff that happened in the, in the late stages of the game. So here's the encouraging part of it. And now you may be able to get there. Okay. This was game, the Leafs game and the Rangers game where the Sabres were able to get three out of the four points. They able to take the Rangers best team in the league to overtime in their building and have the chance to win it. And after dismissing the Leafs the way they did at home after the Columbus game and the Rangers game, these were the first two games this year where I feel like the Sabres had their full lineup, right? So they had Thompson, Skinner, Tuck, Quinn, Greenway, you know, the top nine, Middlestad, Paterka, Cousins, like their top nine is there. And when you looked at the numbers on natural stat trick, Duffer, a five-on-five play this season, the Sabres have played, what, 35 games right now? Yes. Okay. The game against the Leafs and the game against the Rangers were the third best and the fourth best game at five-on-five when you look at the expected goals differential. So, you know, they were... You know, their their best two games were the one against the Coyotes at home where they won 5-2 and the one in Winnipeg where they won 3-2. Um, those were the two well, best games. Sorry, they lost 3-2 to Winnipeg. Uh, they lost 3-2 to Winnipeg. Sorry, yeah, you got it right. But still, yeah. those were the best two games when you look at the numbers and you say, hey, um, our expected goals for minus or expected goals against gave us the best chance to win, like the best mm-hmm. games when you look at five on five that play. But ga- the Leafs was number three and the Rangers is number four. So with your lineup that you wanted to have from the start of the year, but you haven't had a chance to have, you've played game three, like two of your best games, two of your best game when you look at the way that you've controlled the game against two really good teams, the Leafs and the Rangers. Now the Leafs mm-hmm. were brutal in that game, but still maybe it's on you. You made them look bad. You, you, you took care of your chances. So that's the positive in this whole thing 
for me is that, okay, can you stay healthy for, you know, the next 47 games? Mm-hmm. Do we have 47 left? Yes. Yes. 47 yes. games left. Can you stay healthy for 47 games and be able to say, hey, we're going to be able to put 35 of those type of win- games, you mm-hmm. know, out of 47. There's going to be maybe a dozen where you're not going to get the the, get the best point. of the – but get a point, get a point in those. But can you do 35 of the 47 games where it's, yeah. hey, you're on the positive when it comes to the expected goals percentage, the expected goals share at the end of the night, five on five. Now, the special teams have to be able to pull through and you're going to yeah. need them to pull through. But the penalty kill pulled through against the Rangers, in my opinion, did a great job. So you probably needed to step it up. Um, but that's that's the, the main point here your lineup is the best lineup especially when you look at the top nine that you've been able to get together this year healthy if it stays like that for the next 47 you may look at that two out of three right that we just talked about as being a chance to to achieve it agreed and when you have points in consecutive games with the healthy lineup you hope that you build from there um so the leaf game was uh, one that we we were hesitant to overanalyze simply because their goaltending was so horrific that night. Awful, so awful. perhaps if you're looking at it from the angle that you just approached, the fact that they put up three against the world-renowned Igor Shosturkin and the very good New York Rangers is a positive sign. It's incredibly positive, actually, but it's going to come back to the special teams. Yes. So again... How do they get there? But maybe... You know how they get there? I'll tell you how they get there, Duffer. And this is going to be maybe too simple, okay? Mm -hmm. there's You have two threats on the power play, in my opinion. You have Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin. Nobody Mm -hmm. else should take a shot on on goal. And I'm going to say it in an example that maybe is too uh, obvious and maybe not fair. But you're tied 3-3. You get a power play in the, at the end of the third period against the Rangers. And then you give the puck to Jeff Skinner on the right flank. And he takes a one-timer from 60 feet out, 55 feet out. I'm thinking, Jeff, that's not your shot. You're not a one-timer from the right flank type of guy. The puck literally went over and in. Like it was fluttering all the way to the left right. corner. So much so which, that Dan... happens, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. so much so that Dan on the call was like... I think Jeff just went over the net, but it just came off his stick so weirdly that it was like fluttering. And from our location spot, like you, it's hard to see the height of the shot, right? When you're standing on top of the, the ice or whatnot. But I rewatched it. I'm like, that puck had no chance and missed the net by 10 feet. But I'm thinking, why are we, you know, you have a basketball team and you have, you know, you're at the end of the game, there's five minutes left. Why is anybody else taking shots than your two best players? Right. Like why why is everybody else even venturing to take a shot or a three? Like they 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 shouldn't be shooting the basket. And the same thing on the Sabres power play. For me, in my opinion, you got Dalene and you got Tage Thompson. And I get it if you make a play on a rebound and you get a, a quick attack right. on the counter or whatever. But if you're in the zone and you're setting up your your offense, there should be two guys that are taking shots. It should be Tage and Rasmus, and then everything else is you know reacting. You get a puck recovery, you go to the front of the net, maybe Skinner gets a chance there, maybe Tuck gets a deflection, maybe somebody else gets involved in it. But your primary place should only come from 26 and 72. And to that point, Rasmus did score for a third consecutive game. Hmm. 
and has elevated himself to number one in the NHL in goal scoring by defensemen. And we're yes. not at the halfway point yet. Here he is sitting tied with Quinn Hughes, who is authoring one of the great seasons uh, in defense scoring in recent memory. There's a disparity in points between these two, but Dalene and Hughes both have 10 goals. The completely, completely untalked about story is Thomas Harley having nine in 29 <laughs> games. I mean, I was watching the Dallas game recently and uh, Daryl Ray was like, this is, he had an overtime goal or a late game winner where he was parked right in the blue paint, right? And just yeah. took the redirect and, 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 and kind of bunted it home. And, uh, and then of course, you know, the Evan Bouchard story has been well-documented. Noah Dobson has just been miraculous for the Islanders and Kale McCarr obviously continues to produce the same way, but Darlene not only is tied with 10 goals, he is second highest in the NHL among defensemen right now in shots on goal. Buffalo power play mm -hmm. did not get a shot in their one yep. opportunity the other night. Rangers had nine shots on the power play, which created the biggest disparity, you know, game-wide uh, between the two clubs. And this is all on the heels. He trails only Yossi in shots on goal. Rasmus recently kind of boldly was like, I am a shooter. Yes. And okay, go with it. Because that just feeds into the exact commentary that you had. It has to, and I even asked you this last week. Remember, I was kind of off the cover. It's like, doesn't it all have to go through Rasmus? Yeah. You know, when, when you were picking other points on the power play? And, like, no one is a big fan of oversimplification. We're here to discuss options and present factual, you know, things that we've witnessed and statistically. But, like, Rasmus is their best offensive player. I don't, well, I don't even the, think you the, can the deny play, that right now, right? The power like, play, you mentioned Edmonton, right? It's McDavid and Dreisaitl, but really it's Evan Bouchard. That right. is, like, it goes through Bouchard and then he distributes to McDavid or Dreisaitl. The best power plays, to me, my knowledge, to my opinion, always had that force at the top of the formation at the force. blue line. Absolute force. force. Great word. Okay, like, so like somebody I, be a force, be a changer. Okay, Ovechkin has scored has, so many power yes, play goals, but yes. who did he always have at the point? Mike Green and John Carlson. Like those were the two guys that were the, the primary, like you get the puck to those guys and then they'll figure out where the puck goes. And mm -hmm. then Ovechkin somehow would would find it, right? You always yeah. had those guys. And that's why Dallin, but you talk about shots on goal, okay? I kind of went through Dallin's career. It is shots per game average. This mm -hmm. year, it's 2.82. Almost yep. three shots per game. He's never it's, been that high. Exactly. Never. And you mentioned he's shooting more than he's ever. Last year was 2.6. Okay, mm -hmm. that was great. Two years ago was 2.1. So he's almost, he's more than a half a shot and almost a three-quarter of a shot more per game that he was two years ago. Now, unfortunately, after a really good first season where he was 2.1 shots per game, then there was a Ralph Kruger, and we don't want to go back there, but he dropped to 1.5 and 2. So mm -hmm. it really pulled him back. And then he's been really gaining confidence every year, getting, you know, a quarter, a half, another half shot per game more. And if he, like, continues on that pace, because yeah. we see more confident, more confidence for Darlene to even take the full slap shot from the point and to get in closer to the net and get that great shot. Like he could get to three, three and a half shots per game, a game right. as yes. a defenseman. And that would, my opinion, would set the offense even in another level. 
because he'd be he'd be dictating it. So to me, Darlene, yes, 10 goals. You mentioned tied with Quinn Hughes. Um, you know, the power play should go through him. It should be him and Tate Thompson. He is the leader right now. And yes. when he speaks after a game, he speaks like a leader. He he takes ownership. He basically was the one that spoke up after the Toronto game without even being prompted. And he said, that wasn't fair. Donnie took a lot of heat the other night. That wasn't fair. That's on us. And we wanted to back him up. Like nobody asked Darlene about, hey, did you guys play for Donnie? Does that the other thing? No, he stepped up and and really spoke out like a leader. And he's playing like a leader. And I think it should be more. Put more on his plate. Let's see. Let's go. Like, let's, let's, he can do it. Agree. And I think my hesitation, if there is such a thing with him just being everywhere, offensive catalyst, drive it from all angles when necessary, but especially on the power play, is who has his back, meaning the players on the ice. Because what we see often is if it goes awry, Darlene is then trying to make up for everything in the retreat mode. And often that doesn't work well. We know, like, as we were talking about Darlene here, I'm sitting here going, I can hear the the naysayers, the critics saying, yeah, well, look at his, look at how often he's on the ice for goals against. Okay, well, first of all, the best players are always on for a ton for and a lot against. That's just, the, that's why they are who they are. They're game changers, they're playmakers, and unfortunately, you're going to bear the brunt of it. But the Sabres need to find a way to have him not, be taking all the hits defensively here, yeah. whether they're at five on five or on the power play. So how do you, how do you view that here? Like how can, how can you allow Darlene to roam and dominate and create and shoot like he wants to shoot, but there's always a risk of it going back the other way. Like how do you, how do you, how do you, well, how do you everybody's got to back him up. As you just point out, like everybody's got to know Darlene's on the ice. He's going to help us score goals. You're going to mm-hmm. need saves once in a while. And that to me is, is also very important, right? Like okay. you, you, you're yeah. going to need saves and your goaltending has to be able to help along with that. But you mentioned, uh, you know, the plus minus. And I, I didn't would, say I, those, those words. I, I was skirting the issue. Okay. So you tend not to issue. focus on it. Like if you want me to say five on five goals against, yes, I, I, I could have gone there. He's, he's not in the most favorable category in the league, you know, yeah. kind of the top 20. <laughs> I, you might not want to use the word top, but again, I don't worry about it so much. Like Owen Powers kind of been that way since he came in, like yes. he's going to be out there and has been for like the most goals for, for Buffalo. Yep. Uh, there's a bit of a trade-off, right? Like he's out there for a lot of goals against too, but I feel like Darlene I mean, gets caught in some really tough spots. And I, I think you know what, Eric Carlson, like, like like five right, on five, Eric Carlson, you know, like but but I think Darlene needs to be somewhere players. between Adam Fox and Eric Carlson. He can't just be Carlson in his career. No, he right? can't, and he's going to be asked to do more. But I also think that. Darlene adds physicality that a lot of other defensemen, like Quinn Hughes doesn't have the physicality. Eric Carlson doesn't have the physicality. Adam Fox doesn't have the same physicality that Darlene has. So he has another layer, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that other D and and that produced that, that amount of points uh, play with. I think Darlene can play with more physicality than most of those guys. Absolutely. And defensively it, it all, it's not just on, well, look at Darlene, like, you look at the overtime goal, right? And and against the Rangers, it's yeah. three on three. 
Zabanajad absolutely freezes Thompson on the toe drag and goes okay. around. Yeah, go Can ahead. We do it slower just from the, and I don't know if the yes. replay on MSG will catch up to it, but did you sense that they were a hair too aggressive at the other end when Shesterkin had the puck or were they okay after it got moved up the wall and the retreat to defensive posture had started? I think they were okay. I think okay. they were okay. I think what started the dominoes in that goal is Jack Quinn losing his stick to the corner and having yeah. to go and get his stick and retrieve his stick in the corner. And by the time he did that, then he tried to chase Zabenajad. Zabenajad pulls the toe drag and Thompson is thinking, hey, it's a three on two. I'm going to just stay here. Tries to go knee down to block a shot. Zabenajad walks around him. UPL comes mm -hmm. way out. Okay. But then Zabenajad goes and looks to go on his backhand behind the net, right? Now, you can freeze frame this and say, oh, man, Darlene, you got to take Kreider there. You got to get his stick. Okay, but that's not how the play is actually developing. When you see somebody go behind the net with the amount of speed and momentum that Zibanejad had going behind the net, and your goalie is so far out of the crease to the left side, like if you're Darlene looking at your net, that mm -hmm. what's your first thing, the first thing you think about? I better get to the far post. I got to get to the far post. Yeah. Zibanejad is going to wrap it in an empty net. And if I stand here next to Kreider and say, I had my guy, like, I, that's not the play. The play is trying to see what is going to happen. And maybe, you know, if you can shut that down, you're giving yourself a chance. Darlene stays loose in the crease, not locking in Kreider, because he wants to be able to get to the far post if it gets there. Unfortunately, Zabanajad pulls off a fantastic play, like quick short side pass to Kreider. Thompson's yeah. not there for Kreider. Quinn is not there for Kreider. And it's in the back of the net. And then you look at it, you say, well, Darlene, you could have gotten Kreider sick. But it's not as easy as that. I think Darlene's mm -hmm. really good defensively. I think, mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's not just on him. There's goaltending. Right. There's four other guys on the ice. And a lot of the time... We're mm -hmm. going to put Dallin in those bad positions, situation, play against the top teams, be there at the end of games and whatnot. And there's mm -hmm. other dominoes that should stand up that fall and it knocks Dallin down with them. Yeah, I think it's really fair. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it's it's just so easy to look at the top teams that have had, you know, um, consistent, meaningful production from an ace blue liner like Darlene is, but then to your point, you just go, Oh yeah, but look at their team goals against, you know, and mm -hmm. LA is one like drew Doughty's had another really strong season. I think a lot of people forgot about him a couple of years ago, but he's, you know, he's been really good. And you look at Vancouver and there's Quinn Hughes and you look at the Rangers and there's Fox and like, yeah, but at the end of the day, their overall team defense and goals against average and team save percentage, most notably, is in a really, really, really good spot. And the Sabres have a lot of work to do in that regard. Will it improve moving forward? Which goaltenders will see the heaviest workload? How will they come out of the Christmas break? It starts tomorrow with the Bruins. Oh, by the way, this is a Bruins team that um, has lost four in a row, that has only won five of their last 14 games. So I'm not saying don't respect or fear your opponent to a certain extent, but just go out and win the game. Like yes. th this is not a Bruins team that is humming the way they were out of the blocks this year. Uh, they have had considerable droughts offensively. Their production from their blue line is mm -hmm. down a third from what it was a year ago. 
So now is the time. Make it a three-game point streak and come rolling out of this break before having another home game against Columbus, a New Year's Eve tilt in Ottawa, yeah. and go from there. Give us the 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 excuse that, you know what, you are where you are right now as a team, the Sabres are, because mm-hmm. you had to deal with the injuries. Like, I know it's an excuse, but mm-hmm. play like you want to make sure that that's the narrative because when you have your team, yeah. you could be better. And if you had your team all season long with no injuries, you would be in the playoffs. Now, if you play like that, you win tomorrow against Boston and then mm-hmm. you go in the weekend and then you string some together and you try to make something out of it. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like take that to heart. We have our team. We're not going to be denied here. That's just yeah. simple as that. I like that statement. Sabres and Bruins tomorrow. It's a seven thirty start. The game will be seen on TNT. We're back with more Sabres live right after this it's all part of the Winterfest marty happening tomorrow which is game Ooh. three of four and what has been uh fun i you know what i get it like christmas is over i think that would then have the reindeer in vacation mode i'd be lobbying to make sure the two reindeer are back out in alumni plaza before tomorrow night's game against the Bruins, but that's just because, because it worked. It's going to be back. Reindeer is back all season long, yeah. but it, I know it's it was... winter fast and we're going to take a break. When we come back, don't forget to ask me about my Christmas. I'm going to have a new uh, Instagram account that I'm going to have to open because of my Christmas present. Wow. You and I are going in opposite directions. I'm deleting social accounts by the bushel <laughs> and you're adding to them. We're back after this on Sabres live. <laughs> Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Is it the demise of Plowmaster 43 or is it something to enhance the profile of Plowmaster 43? Are you getting into uh, duplicate slash triplicate social media accounts on Instagram? What's up? Yeah, I'm going to have to add a new Instagram account. And in following up with Plowmaster 43, it's going to have to be Lawnmaster 43 with the new, um, you know, um, lawnmower that I am getting from the family. Um, Just so you know, my old lawnmower was about a 12-year-old lawnmower. Nice John Deere little tractor, right? But the... um, the hinges like Eric on Rick Branson kind of thing, or like I, I, equate your mower to a player who's currently in the NHL. Well, who's hurt right now? That is uh, got great, <laughs> great bones, but is hurt um, because my lawnmower melted the Mark Giordano. The... Okay, Mark Giordano, <laughs> long time, lots of mileage, lots of great work, hard work, great work. 
But unfortunately, like the hood, um, the hinges in the front all melted because the engine got too hot and the more deck is a little bit tough and the seat is all ripped and it's still a great more. I got a bad leg right now. I got a flat tire. It's just, it's a disaster. So we needed a new one. And now I've gotten this brand new zero turn. Like the, I feel like I'm in Star Wars when I'm, uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker as a young kid that races the the speedster through. And uh, yes, I'm going to be, you know, cutting the grass three or four times a week. I kid you not, I'm going to be out there all the time. It's going to be fantastic. So Lawnmaster Forty Three is going to join Plowmaster Forty Three as a uh, um, an outdoor the, activist. That's just the duo. A duo. That's a duo. They work hand in hand. When one closes shop, the other one opens shop. That's the way it works. Okay. So I'm assuming this is actually what you wanted me to ask you at the start of the show. Yes. What you got for Christmas, right? Yes. Uh, that was, okay, uh, I was so surprised. I'll be honest okay. with you. I was like, huh? Like, I'm like, st-. and then they got me like a John Deere hat and a keychain and a pen and a whole and socks. You know, socks about, but the guy on the socks is pushing his lawn. Like he's got the push lawnmower. I'm like, the, the reason the guy on the sock is swearing up a storm is because he doesn't have my lawnmower. My lawnmower is yeah. going to be great. Like that's what it is. <laughs> nothing, nothing runs like a deer. So good for you. That's uh, a nice, yeah, that's really, uh, I'm happy for you. I really am. Now, equate- I'm taking, I'm taking uh, like contracts now. I'm, I'm already taking contracts. I feel like I should have a side gig and just come, go out and cut people's grass. Quickly equate that feeling to the feeling of the 90s music experience. Oh my known, God. Known as Stifler's mom uh, on Friday night. Friday night, December 22nd. At the Cutting Room, which was actually a really nice uh, nice venue that we ventured into for the first time. It was, um, I, I, I want to say that's, uh, it's pretty even par because uh, although the, the lawn mowing is going to happen over and over and over again, I feel like this two-hour 90s music experience from Stifler's mom, the band, 11-piece band with the trumpet, the saxophone, the trombone, the hip hop, the 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 pop, the boy band, the Britney Spears, like all of that, right? It was it was really cool. Um, it we had a good time. We had a great time on Friday night. Um, I just showed everybody in the family like the Instagram video, not the Instagram, the videos I took on my phone. And uh, we went on their Instagram to check out like what they do in the summertime. They do a lot of concert on the beaches in Long Island, right? Oh, like nice. beachfront like concerts and all that. So. It was great. Again, great gift uh, from our gift exchange. It was uh, it was a fun time. Well, producer Jeff is intently listening here, and uh, he needs to know that the uh, band and I have connected, of course, now on Instagram, and they were very disappointed to know that the enemy yes. was in the house during the concert, and they didn't know that the enemy, uh, assuming us, friendly enemy, so, um, which I thought they would they, be Rangers they, they, fan by they, saying that because we're in Manhattan, but they're not, they're Islanders fans. They are huge, huge, huge Islanders fans. So then I got a very negative message from them after the game saying, thanks for nothing. You had one job <laughs> and that was for the Sabres to beat the Rangers. So <laughs> now, now they could care less whether they see us again at another one of their shows, but no, in all seriousness, it was a super fun night with, uh, of course, Mr. Everything, Jason Weiss, making sure that we, uh, you know, got there safe. He made sure you got there safe because according to your plans, um, you would have been there 10 minutes early, but uh, Weiss, he says, no, we're still 10 minutes away. So 
<laughs> was, but it was a nice night, um, a nice busy weekend in the city, obviously, and leading up to Christmas. It was great. Now, I'll ask you this. So the morning of the game Saturday, the Knicks played an afternoon game, right, mm-hmm. at the Garden, and then the Sabres played that night. The Knicks also played yesterday at the Garden on Christmas yep. Day. And um, I'm sitting on my couch yesterday watching football, watching basketball and all of it. And I understand that if it falls on a Sunday or a Monday, the NFL is going to kind of take over. But if Christmas was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday or whatnot, um, would you like to see hockey on Christmas Day? Because I'm sitting there yesterday and I'm thinking, I'd love to have a couple of good hockey games this afternoon. Like I'm sitting on the couch, you know, with Jacob and he's back in town for the week and we're watching yeah. sport. We we watch every football game there was last two days, whatnot. But I'm like, I would love to see hockey on Christmas day. If it wasn't a Sunday or a Monday where the NFL is so prevalent. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way, Duffer. Yes. Um, it's long overdue. Uh, I don't love the narrative that, oh, well, it's a basketball day or it's a football day. Like believe in your product, sell it to your consumers and maybe win over a few more consumers. That is undoubtedly how it should be. Now, I will say this. I don't know um, from an operation standpoint, um, you know, how, how pay is distributed for workers throughout the arena when working on holidays. Like, is it incentivized enough to, you know, make sure that everybody literally top to bottom in the arena is compensated properly for working on a very, very, very significant family holiday. And I say this with great emphasis because it was so impressive to watch every person in that arena at the garden working the changeover, cleaning the arena, it went from a disaster area, like most games, you know, stadiums look after a game, the turnaround in less than an hour to clean carpets, to everything being wiped down, sanitized. Like, honestly, I was so impressed. And all I could think of was anybody who works at a concession or anywhere in the arena deserves to be more than normally adequately compensated for their efforts at a time like this. It was, it was impressive. So full it was very our- impressive. When we walked in, I saw a smashed hot dog on the carpet. As I walked into the 300 level, right by the press box, there's popcorn on the floor everywhere. I'm like, there's a game here in two hours. They're never going to get all that clean. And all of a sudden you walk out and it is spotless so much so that like they have to remove the floor over that covers the ice. Right. So by the time we got there, the basketball floor had already been removed, but the underneath floor that they covered the ice with hadn't. Mm-hmm. So they're moving it out like a puzzle piece, right? They know the pieces and they stack them on top of the big um, storage areas and they roll them out. The ice wasn't even uncovered by about 25, 30%. And mm-hmm. the the ice crew oh, was yeah. already yeah. edging the walls because he knew yeah. that by the time he would get around that he would be able to continue because they would be so quickly to remove everything. Mm-hmm. It was unreal how all of this came together. Um, and I've seen it before, but not like that. Like we would walk in in the Boston, you know, the TD Garden in Boston and mm-hmm. the Celtics would have just finished a game on a Saturday afternoon and we're playing Saturday night or even Toronto with the Raptors or whatnot. It's happened before MSG, but I'm always in the law. I was always in the locker room getting ready. I wasn't paying attention. Hey, 
Will it be ready? And now last uh, last game in New York, we got to see it from the press box. And it was, wow, the amount of people, the amount of staff, and the amount of people that had to be there probably at what, 9, 10 in the morning and are going to work until midnight because they're going to do the double header. It was pretty impressive. But again, I go back to, I know I, maybe I was wishful thinking that there would be a, a hockey game on yesterday other than a Sabres mm. game because I like to yep. be home. But yep. you're right. You got to think of the workers. But having hockey on Christmas would be would be fantastic. Yeah, I would love it. I think it's uh, I think it absolutely should happen moving forward. Uh, so let's, you know, obviously get back to uh, what next? What now? How okay. does it change for Buffalo and the I don't know. I don't think you can call it a carousel. The fact of the matter is we've seen Lukanen, we've seen Levi, uh, we're seeing more of them. So how do you go about laying it out now? Um, I, you know, I let, let, I'll just leave the question there and, and let you, you know, tee off from your vantage point. Okay. So first of all, we got to point out that the holiday roster freeze uh, is in effect right now and will be done at midnight on the 27th, I believe. So they are done. What are we today? Technically, we are a Tuesday. Wednesday is a game. So I think on Thursday, it ends. Um, yeah. And then after that, depending on what happened with Zemgus Gergensons, but even with Zemgus, right now the Sabres are one player over. If Zemgus mm -hmm. gets activated this week, which there's probably a good chance that he will be ready to play. He's been taking full practice, and Don Granato said he was going to take him maybe a few more days. But we're looking at Zemgus probably being activated. That means two roster moves moving forward. So one of them that, you know, we've been talking a lot about is probably, well, you're going to have to not carry three goalies because you're down to seven defensemen right now. Like, can can you go to six? Do you want to send Ryan Johnson down to Rochester? No, he's playing right now. He's, he's one of them that you can't do that. So you're going to have to have roster moves. You, you know, you're not sending Zach Benson back anywhere. Uh, and the only other two forwards that can go down to Rochester without having to go through waivers is Jack Wynn and J.J. Paterka. They're not going anywhere. So it's either going to have to come through waivers Somebody would be put on waivers, trades. But one of them, the move that's probably the most simple one to do is to not have three goalies again. And we've now seen that it's been Levi Lukanen for Don Granado and the Sabres moving forward. So is there an, a, an option, something that could happen with Eric Comrie in the next week, in the next couple of weeks? Um, that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on because the Sabres, we talked about it before at the beginning of the show, like to go 30, 16 and one or 32, 14 and one, mm -hmm. it's going to be a, 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 a you got to get on a run. You're going to have to get on a run. So, but if, if that was not to happen, can you look at it and say, Hey, we need to give Lucan and Levi as much playing experience as we can now until the end of the year. So that next year we have a clear indication of, Who's our number one and where do we go? And maybe that's the move that you have to make. You have to give Levi Lukanen all the opportunities to play from now until the end of the year. And that may leave Eric Comrie uh, on a bit of an island and, and maybe open for a move here. Is it undoubtedly Comrie in your opinion? I only ask because after seemingly taking over as number one, Lukanen now finds himself winless in his last six. Um, yeah, I would suggest that it is, uh, Eric Comrie, the contract situation being that he's a UFA at the end of the year, uh, mm -hmm. would lead me to believe that 
if you can't find a suitor through a trade, you would probably say, okay, we have to put Eric Comrie on waivers and then maybe he finds his way to Rochester. And I hate to say that, but if nobody's mm-hmm. going to take Eric Comrie on waivers, and there may be teams that will just because sure. of their goalie situation, um, then it would only cost you about, what, 800000 on the cap to have Eric Comrie in the minors at this point. So probably would be the move, in my opinion, that the mm-hmm. Sabres would make. I don't want to see Yuko Pekalukunen either being traded right now or put on waivers because right. all of a sudden you lose a 24-year-old goaltender, you know, that you can have for a few more years. So I, I think that would be the move. Amherst won their last game before the break, 3-2 in overtime as Brandon Byro scored. The decider, it uh, drew an assist from Jacob Bryson, which was nice to see. The Amherst are home tomorrow and home Friday here, so they are also home for the remainder of this holiday season. Thanks for being with us on Sabres Live. We'll be back with a couple of one words to wrap up this Tuesday installment. We're back after this. We're back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Time is ticking. One word, Marty, as the World Juniors have begun. Who is the favorite, in your opinion? Uh, the United States of America are the favorites, in my opinion. Canada won their game against Finland today. U.S. are up right now against uh, Finland. Uh, no, against, I don't remember who they're playing right now. Norway. Norway they're playing. I got it on the TV right here. Uh, but I think the U.S. are going to be the better team. Matt Savoy took a couple of penalties this morning, re- which reminded me, I was telling you on the break, that uh, mm-hmm. Zach Benson takes penalties and that James Patrick was their coach in Winnipeg. Jeep used to take a lot of penalties, mostly too many men on the ice. So uh, I'm I'm sensing a trend here with the guys that Jeep coached in Winnipeg last a few years. <laughs> One word on Pat Kane. He has emerged as the third star of the week and has 10 points in 10 games since joining the Red Wings. Yeah, now had four goals in his last three games and uh, healthy. Healthy Patrick Kane has found his rhythm and his groove right now. Um, so yeah, that's the one word. Healthy Patrick Kane. How many for Austin Matthews? 73. I was saying less than 70 um, a week ago, and then he got hot this week, and I'm thinking he's going to get after 70. 28 in 30 games. One word on Zegris and Bedard, co-Michigans, as the NHL hit the break. Bedard was really cool. I love the confidence, but it was a hockey play. He protected the puck, then picked it up by the net. Zegris was asked before the game by Allie, uh, their uh, ringside reporter. And she said, can you score a Michigan for Christmas? He goes, I'll try. And then he pulled it off. (laughs) Try harder. That's what we'll do tomorrow on Sabres Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.